Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. You are in for a treat. You get to meet Jillian Lackritz, one of my great friends and a brilliant entrepreneur pretty soon here. But before you do, I want to share a few thoughts about the concept of a new year. You'll hear more than once in this episode that every day is a chance to do something amazing. So that's what I love about Jillian. She literally thinks that way. But the start of a new year literally hands you a blank slate that begs the question, what do you want to do with this beautiful gift of life in 2018? So I've always been a huge believer in goals, especially the whole like SMART, you know, the acronym SMART goal setting process. In uh, 2017, I started a free private Facebook group called the Real Women Move Challenge. And I invited anyone who wanted to join me on a quest to set a goal and make it happen. For me, the goal was the Boulder Peak Triathlon in July. It was an Olympic distance race that I had won many times, many years ago when I was a pro. And I just wanted something kind of structured. So I created training plan, I trained, I did the race, and I promptly went on vacation afterward <laughs> to Alaska. But the Facebook group didn't stop there. See, it had taken on a life of its own. It was bringing women together on their fitness journeys. And uh, there was so much more power than I expected. So today we have almost 2,000 women in the group. Um, we have a shared event calendar so people can actually meet each other in person. And we're doing a cool goal challenge in January. So the first week I asked the question, when do you feel most alive? And what I'm trying to do is help people tap into what motivates them the most. In week two, we're creating our personal mottos based around our answers to question one. Kind of cool. See, there's a little process. Um, by week four, we'll have goals and strategies to reach them. So the reason I mention this is to encourage you to join the group if you're interested in surrounding yourself by a bunch of like-minded women who understand the power of community as we chase down our dreams. So if you're interested, go to skirtsports.com backslash inside skirt and look for the Real Women Move Challenge and then sign up. It's free. The whole thing's free. You get all kinds of cool stuff. Okay, speaking of community and friendship, today's guest, Jillian Lackritz, is one of the most dynamic women and I cannot wait to share her with you. I met Jillian when... Our girls were magically somehow attracted to each other in preschool. It's kind of like they met first, then Jillian and I realized we were magically attracted to each other. Um, our first play date was really funny. I thought I would drop Wilder off and go for a long run, 
and not like hang out with the other parents the whole time. But I showed up and I ended up talking to Jillian and her husband, Mike, for about, gosh, two hours and skipping my workout. That's how awesome they are. Jillian is the founder of an innovative baby toy company called Yoey Baby. That's Y-O-E-E Baby. She literally created a new category in the baby toy market. And those of you who have babies, you're going to understand this. But it is a first toy, baby's first toy, that actually allows parents to interact with their babies in a meaningful way. So Jillian is in the weeds with her business, but somehow she still has the ability to see and discuss the bigger picture. She's an incredibly special person who will leave you feeling like you can do it, whatever it is. So be sure to check out yoeebaby.com, Y-O-E-E baby.com. And my suggestion is that you stock up on Yoey Baby toys for all your pregnant friends. See, I always have one on hand because they are the best shower gifts ever and somebody's always pregnant. All right, on that note, let's hear from Jillian now. Cool. So super excited. We had a great morning, didn't we? We had an awesome morning. Girl Friday. What's up? Like, I'm so excited about Girl Friday. First of all, this was like, you can put your elbows up there if you want. Sorry, I've got you all trapped on your side of the table. Um... I concepted Girl Friday because I wanted, I have this like idea in my head that when Wilder is a junior in high school, she's still going to look forward to hanging out with me on Friday mornings, but she's in kindergarten right now. So it really isn't as fun alone with her as it is when (laughs) she brings friends, right? So I'm like, who could I bring? My bestie and Wilder's bestie. So you've been recruited into Girl Friday. I love that. And particularly because my best friends to this day are still my friends from growing up, my friends from elementary school, junior high, and high school. So I look at Girl Friday as the seed that is growing and it's going to last a lifetime. There's no doubt about it. And I love the idea that they're going to grow up with this tradition and this memory of like, do you remember when we were in kindergarten and we started doing Girl Friday? And then they're going to have kids and they're going to be friends and they're going to take their girls to Girl Friday. Is that really how it's going to happen? That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> My best friend this. from growing up actually lives in Boulder, and that's why I moved to Boulder. And I can remember sitting in my backyard and when we were in junior high and saying, I wonder who we're going to be when we grow up. Are we going to be friends? Are our girls going to be friends? And we now both live in Boulder, and we're still friends, and our children are friends, and it's a really beautiful thing. Well, and that's a crazy thing because you didn't grow up here. Nope. We both grew up in Michigan. Right. And you know what's really crazy is my two best friends from growing up, and I grew up in Chicago, they both live here. Mindy and Becky, if you're listening. And so, like, this is the most crazy thing. So what is it about, like, these early bonds and even um, tradition? Like, what is it about creating rituals and these early bonds that they kind of follow us through life deeper than the bonds we have often with people in college who we lived with, you know? Well, there's nothing more important than an early bond. And as we start to talk about Yoey Baby, um, you'll hear that that's, that's what my entire business is built around and the importance of bonding literally from day one. Um, but I think you said something else, that ritual um, is, is an impetus and a catalyst 
for bonding. And um, those bonds are the things that sustain us. They give us um, sort of peace and comfort and hope and joy. And um, it's, you know, it's the essence of a joyful life is having a connection and a bond with someone. I think as human beings, that's what, you know, it's an innate desire to bond uh, with each other. That's what being a human being is all about. Oh my gosh. And like people listening to this podcast, that's why they listen because they don't want to feel alone in the world, you know? So you can have bonds with people who you've never even met, which is crazy to me too. But the most powerful ones are obviously the face to face. Right. And there's all sorts of emerging research that has proven that, you know, those early connections and bonds that we make actually change the architecture of our brains and lay the foundation for all future learning behavior and health. Okay, we're gonna get into Yoey Baby, but before we do, because this is like the perfect lead in, right? Right. Um, I mean, I can just feel it and you have so much passion for it. Like, when did you realize in your life that relationships and bonding was important? Um, You know, I I don't think I realized. I think it was truly innate in me, and I believe that it's innate in all of us. Um, I've always been a pretty extroverted person. I get my energy um, by being around other people. Um, My friends used to joke and call me the Pied Piper. There was nothing more fun for me than to go out with, you know, me, my best friend, and and 20 other of my best friends. Um, And not everybody's like that, but, but that's where I just get a ton of energy and I love I'm curious about people I always want to hear people's stories um, it, it's fun it's exciting it's interesting and it inspires me so um, okay let's talk about introvert versus extrovert because I it's interesting I don't know if more women are extroverts or not or we just have more open ways to communicate but so many times I find a dynamic in a couple where the woman is the extrovert and the man or you know partner is the introvert right so you're kind of like drawn to people who are different than you but what do you know much about this field you know I don't know a lot about it here's what I know and forgive me to anybody who knows a lot about that if I'm uh, misrepresenting but you know an <laughs> introvert is somebody who gets their energy from you know and gets recharged by being alone and um, an extrovert is the opposite someone who really draws their energy and gets recharged by being around other people and connecting with other people people. Um, And it doesn't mean if you're an extrovert that you don't actually enjoy alone time and don't benefit and get energy from recharging and being alone and vice versa. If you're an extrovert, I mean, if you're an introvert, it doesn't mean that you can't be with other people and get energy from other people, but your real sort of, you know, that charge, that energy, that personal energy, that fuel comes from either, you know, other people are being alone. I happen to be married to um, an introvert and uh, he's still, he's great around other people but I know for him he really needs that alone time to uh, get his fuel Um, you know I need rest but I get my fuel from being with other people yeah I know I do too totally (laughs) I mean it's clear you know it's funny when you really when you really encounter people who embody that trait right so I'll go out to an event and I am completely fired up afterwards like I can't fall asleep everything's firing I've gotten so much energy from being around other people when Tim goes out to an event um, he comes home and he's exhausted 
because it took everything in him. So he needs that alone time to recharge. It's taken us over 20 years. We're actually going on our 21st anniversary in a couple weeks here. Congratulations. It's crazy. That's amazing. Uh, yes, thank you. I will actually take that because it has <laughs> been quite a, a ride. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's really amazing to me how we often spend a lot of time trying to change the other person too. Right. What I also think is really interesting, and you know, I'm an extrovert married to an introvert, is what is it that we see in each other, this idea of opposites attract, that's so appealing. And if I look back on my past relationships, virtually every relationship that I've been in has been with a man who is an introvert. And the thing that they have liked about me and also the thing that has been the most challenging in our relationship is the fact that I'm an extrovert and they can't stand that. They love it, but then they want me out of their own. And I'm like, no, 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 I, you know, like, let's spend time with other people. So it's a source of um, passion and also a source of real conflict. It's like a, a tension, like a healthy tension. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Neither of us are experts on this. Why are we talking about this? Um, but it is it is a really interesting thing, and I think a lot of people can relate. Um, I don't know how it you know uh, shapes our lives or the discussion we're going to have about business and and Yoey baby and babies and relationships and bonding, but um, but it's valid. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, it's, it's interesting. All just so interesting. I know. So you grew up in Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan, yep. All right, and you spent all the way through college in Ann Arbor, Michigan, right? No, I actually, I left. Ann Arbor is home to University of Michigan, and it would have been an obvious thing for me to stay, but I needed to fly the coop, and so I went to college at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Uh Another great college town. Whereupon you actually met your husband. So we can go back to that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, when you were growing up, you know, what, is there any kind of, distinct memory or event that you think might have really shaped your life and helped you become who you are? You know, I can't think of a specific event per se. Um, But I think, you know, my, uh, both of my parents are physicians. My father is a cardiologist, my mother is a psychiatrist. So I I say that they took care of my heart and soul. Um, And they're both insanely curious people. Um, my father is an academic physician, so he does a lot of research. He's 85 years old, and he is still working full-time and going strong and literally traveling the world, um, talking to people about his research, starting new clinical trials. Um, his big joke right now is that you know his, his trials, all the patients, um, he's just got to live as long as the patients do. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just, the, the, because they were so curious, I think they instilled in me this sense of curiosity and wonder about the world. Um, and my, my mother, um, she has true, genuine wonderlust. She just, there is not a place on this planet that she hasn't been to or doesn't want to go to. Um, And she goes by herself. She's trekked, she's biked, she's um, walked. She goes by herself. She goes with friends. She goes with my father. So I think the combination of um, this, again, sort of deep curiosity about, you know, a passion, a professional passion and a deep curiosity about the world sort of converged and, um, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You can't so, help but being curious. Like, why is curiosity important? 
Boy, um, because I think curiosity is the catalyst to new ideas. How do you get to a new idea if you don't ask the question, what if? And what if is truly at the epicenter of um, all new ideas? Wow, I love that. You know, um, I kind of want to spend time talking about all the things that shaped you as a kid, but I think we have to move into ideas. <laughs> we can come I back any talking about ideas. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a person who's also curious and I, you know, I fulfill my need to, I don't know, uh, to seek out and understand the things I'm curious about in many ways, including through the podcast yeah. by bringing in interesting people who've done different things or ch- are changing the world in different ways. How do you fulfill your curiosity need? Well, I think, you know, right now it's through this, uh, you know, this pursuit of my business and Yoi Baby, because every single day is a new adventure, a new challenge. And that taps into, um, you know, again, that that you have to be curious in order to solve problems. And let's face it, starting a business is really one big uh, problem solving opportunity for us every single day and every single minute. Um, but it also taps into a sense of in a need for for me at least for creativity um the sort of my my secret my lost opportunity in my life is that when i was young i really wanted to be an actress um i love the arts i love to act i love to perform um it wasn't what i was destined to be and i'm very okay with that um but I love creative pursuits. I love being around creative people. I love doing creative things myself. I like to, you know, I want to think of myself as creative. I don't know why that's important to me, but it is. I love to surround myself with, um, you know, art on the walls and um, be surrounded by creative people. So I think there's a direct link between creativity and curiosity. Ooh, I think that's a really good point. And you mentioned like your your mom had wanderlust and your dad was this naturally curious person who's still pursuing that age 55. 85. I mean, 85, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> guess yeah. what? We're getting close yeah, to 55, close. sister. Um, so I think one important thing to note here is that the way we are is shaping our children whether we want it to be or not. Absolutely. I think it's fascinating. My girls who are now five and eight, um, on a weekly basis, my eight-year-old um, comes up to me and says, hey, mom, okay, I've got, I've got this idea. I'm going to start a business that and she's just she thinks that that's normal because that's what she sees me doing and i love it um you know if that's not the path she eventually takes that's absolutely fine i i don't wish for her to do anything that isn't um you know her passion and and her purpose um but she sees that as just a normal part of you know how we how grown-ups are and i think particularly too being in the community where we live boulder you can't swing a cat without you know hitting someone who's starting a new business business or um, has a new idea. And I think that's awesome and really empowering. It really is. And, you know, many people have ideas, but not everybody takes them and puts them out there and takes that takes the first step to move forward, which is the hardest part. So why is it so hard? 
Because I think it's scary. I think we, you know, we come up with an idea and we're not sure if people like it, will like it. We think people might make fun of us. Um, we don't know uh, how to go about bringing our idea to life. I think that right there is actually probably the hardest thing. You might have an idea and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to go chase it. And then you take the first step and suddenly you realize, like, I don't have any idea how to make turn this idea into reality. And so you say, all right, I'm gonna go back to the things that are familiar and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some also very real barriers, you know, how, how are we gonna survive if we ditch our, you know, our current job, our current life, our current source of income, and go do something that, you know, where we don't have any income, we don't have any idea where, you know, what the end game looks like. So it, it's hard to make that move. It really is because maybe there's also a big fear of failure absolutely and that is the thing that might stop most people in their tracks like you said they're you're afraid people might make fun of you like what if it's a dumb idea are there dumb ideas right well i don't believe that i i don't believe any idea is a dumb idea um i believe some ideas are maybe deserve to have a shot you know at, at coming to market or uh, bringing it to life but i don't think any idea is a dumb idea and i think all ideas contribute in some way shape or form to um, moving us forward T- totally all right everyone listening if you have an idea raise your hand right now i don't care where you are someone's watching you i can feel this collective <laughs> hand raising happening I feel the energy so you know you are you brought a really cool book today and i actually think we should read it okay let's do it so this is a book tell us about this book what's it called this is a book called what do you do with an idea and i bought it for my girls i saw it i fell in love with the title obviously because i had an idea at one point and i was foolish enough to pursue that idea um and i read it to my girls a couple evenings and then i stole it from them and i keep it by my desk and (laughs) i i literally read this um if if not every day once every few days every week i bring it with me everywhere um, I think it captures the essence of um, what we do as entrepreneurs and um, our journey perfectly. So, um, okay, I'll take a moment to read it. Is this a kid's book? This is a kid's book. It's by Kobe Yamada. And unfortunately, what you can't see are these amazing illustrations. Except they can because I'm taking a teaser oh, video you're taking right a teaser now. Video. Okay, so this is What Do You Do With an Idea? One day, I had an idea. Where did it come from? Why is it here, I wondered. What do you do with an idea? At first, I didn't think much of it. It seemed kind of strange and fragile. I didn't know what to do with it, so I just walked away from it. I acted like it didn't belong to me. But it followed me. I worried what others would think, what people would say about my idea. I kept it to myself. I hid it away and didn't talk about it. I tried to act like everything was was the same as it was before my idea showed up. But there was something magical about my idea. I had to admit I felt better and happier when it was around. It wanted food. It wanted to play. Actually, it wanted a lot of attention. It grew bigger and we became friends. I showed it to other people even though I was afraid of what they would say. I was afraid that if people saw it, they would laugh at it. I was afraid they would think it was silly. And many of them did. They said it was no good. They said it was too weird. They said it was a waste of time and that it would never become anything. And at first, 
I believed them. I actually thought about giving up on my idea. I almost listened to them. But then I realized, what do they really know? This is my idea, I thought. No one knows it like I do. And it's okay if it's different and weird and maybe a little crazy. I decided to protect it, to care for it. I fed it good food. I worked with it. I played with it. But most of all, I gave it my attention. My idea grew and grew, and so did my love for it. I built it a new house, one with an open roof where it could look up at the stars, a place where it could be safe to dream. I liked being with my idea. It made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. It encouraged me to think big, and then to think bigger. It shared its secrets with me. It showed me how to walk on my hands, because it said, it's good to have the ability to see things differently. I couldn't imagine my life without it. Then, one day, something amazing happened. My idea changed right before my very eyes. It spread its wings, took flight, and burst into the sky. I don't know how to describe it, but it went from being here to being everywhere. It wasn't just a part of me anymore. It was now a part of everything. And then I realized, what do you do with an idea? You change the world. I can barely read that book without it bringing it's tears so to my hard. eyes. Um, oh my god! But I feel like that describes the entrepreneurial journey um, for so many of us. Um, you know, or I can at least say that it describes it for me. You know, you have this idea and it starts with this, for me, it started with an aha moment, a, a convergence of an unmet need that I had as a new mom um, with past experiences that I had in my professional life. And I thought, wait a minute, I've, I, I have something here that's bringing me so much joy and I just want to share it with as many new moms and dads as possible. And then I took a step back and I thought, this is crazy. What am I doing? Like, I don't know how to, you know, invent a toy. What, what, what am I doing? What am I thinking? But I couldn't walk away from it. It kept, it was there. It wouldn't go away. It followed me everywhere. Um, and suddenly here I am. <laughs> and then it entered the world. It entered, it took flight. I it mean, took on a life of its own. It took flight. You birthed it. There's so many different ways you can think about it. And that book also makes me want to cry because I understand the power of like harnessing something that has so much potential and being so scared to put it out there. And you do get naysayers and people are like, how could you start that? I mean, you don't know anything about that. And it makes you kind of second guess yourself a little bit. Absolutely. And I think that um, sometimes we can be our own biggest naysayers, our own worst critics. Um, you know, I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I don't have the skills to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but the fact of the matter is that I believe that we are all born with the ability to do just about anything we want if we put our mind to it. And one of the things that's touched on in this book that I believe wholeheartedly is that um, the garden grows where it's watered. 
So if you think about your life as a garden, where you start to put your attention, things grow. It is absolutely true. I mean, try it. Literally, the place where your focus, your vision, your passion, your energy, um, that's where things start to happen. I've seen it happen in my own life. And suddenly, if you just if you just take these teeny little baby steps, you start to make progress. And then all of a sudden, you stop and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm 10 feet from the finish line, I, or from the starting line. I'm a mile from the starting line. And then suddenly, you know, your life is totally different. Your idea has come to life. You've made something happen that you never thought was possible. It's mm-hmm. a really good point. It's interesting, too. You can water your garden with negative thoughts, too. And that can be a very toxic garden. We have one of those, you know, those story people that art where it's like it looks like it's pictures drawn by kids and there are these like really wise sayings so it's kind of this really cool um i don't know i'm not exactly sure how to describe but the people listening who know story people you guys will know what i'm talking about and there's one where this guy is watering a garden and it says i had a garden that only grew on negative thoughts so one day i stopped watering it Mm, Isn't that interesting? It is. It's just, you can flip a switch to make a change, right? I believe so much in the power of mindset. Um, And that really at, you know, the essence of uh, where we go in life is driven by the thoughts that we have. And I do a lot of yoga um, and I learned so much from my yoga practice and I take it off the mat all the time. And I was in a class once and, and we were trying to do something that felt absolutely impossible to me. And the teacher actually said, you know, I know this might feel impossible. And if you think you can't do it, you can't. If you think you're going to fail, you will fail. But if you think it's possible, it's possible. And it is so true. And I can recall saying, my body will never, ever, ever do that crazy, crazy pretzel move. And she said, all right, we're going to start with just this tiny little movement. And you're going to practice that every day. And all of a sudden, one day, you're not even going to know how it happened. Uh, Your body's going to fall into that shape. And I recall at the time thinking, no chance. And I was like, all right, wait a minute. I'm going to shift my thinking. And I'm going to think that maybe it's possible. And I tried those tiny little movements and I practiced them over time. And maybe like a year, a year and a half later, all of a sudden one day I tried it and holy cow, it happened. This thing that I never thought my body could do, it just naturally fell into this this movement. And, you know, I believe at that moment, I was like, I'm in, I buy it. If you think it's possible, it can happen. It is, you know, particularly in business it is um it is a practice it is a it is a journey it is a war of attrition showing up is 99% of the battle um you just it it takes a bottomless reservoir of passion of patience and perseverance but if you can tap that reservoir i promise you will see progress and you will make it well and can you also almost like trick your body and mind you know you so for instance you said okay i'll believe it but i really don't but you just started telling yourself like this is possible whether or not you really believed that 
but suddenly one day you did believe it. Yeah, I think if you say it out loud to yourself enough times and off enough, suddenly it becomes your truth. And you know, another thing they say in yoga is that um, when you're doing something really hard is your mind gives up long before your body does. And I say that to myself all the time because there is not a day that goes by um, when I'm not faced with a challenge in my business that makes me want to give up. And I'm like, today's the day I'm giving up. And then I say, no, that's my mind tricking me into thinking that I need to give up. But I know that my mind gives up long before my body is, okay, body, give me some strength. And suddenly I feel this like internal source of strength. And I say, okay, I can do this. And I move another day. I live another day. (laughs) Mind-body connection is so strong. And, you know, I will take this actually into relationships and marriage because pretty much everybody listening who's been in a relationship for a long time has hit a point where they said, I don't think I want to be in this anymore. And seriously considered leaving a relationship or did leave. And, you know, I know I went through this and, and Tim's my editor. So he knows that we both went through this. (laughs) And, um, and I remember going through a time where I said, was telling myself, I I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And then one day I said, why don't I try telling myself I do want to be in my marriage? And then one day I just did want to be in my marriage. I didn't know it was real. So it's a really interesting thing. Mind, you know, you can trick yourself a little bit. You have the mind-body connection. There's everything is connected here. You have everything you need inside of you right now to get exactly what you want in life. I believe that. Um, Before I started Yoi Baby, I was working um, on a business that was um, training entrepreneurs how to build their brand. And I had built a curriculum with a consulting colleague of mine that took our um, kind of Fortune 500 brand building process and broke it down into a very simple step-by-step process that um, was accessible to um, entrepreneurs just starting their business. And the people that we launched that business into the health and wellness space. So I was working with a lot of health coaches. And I learned so much from um, the people I work with, the clients I work with. And one of the, the things that has stuck with me is this concept of think it, do it, be it. And it's really think it, do it, be it, become it. And the, it's exactly what you said, Nicole, that you have to start by having a vision. You have to start by thinking it and having that thought. And that, I believe, goes back to that, um, you know, that, that idea of curiosity. You've got to be curious about the world to let new ideas you know, sort of come to you. Once you have that idea, you just have to start doing it. You just have to put one foot in, the, in front of the other and you know, brush that fear aside and try it. What do you have to lose? Right. And once you start doing it, suddenly you can become that thing. You can be it. You can do it. Um, I've experienced that in my own life. I see it in other people. I see it all around me. And um, I I think that is a a truth that if you can embrace it, um, can help you find your purpose. It's true. And a lot of people think, well, you have to be a risk taker to do that kind of thing. But I don't think you do. I don't either. I think that um, oftentimes the first step to bringing an idea to life is sharing it, is simply having a conversation. Mm. That costs nothing. Totally, It's free to talk to people. <laughs> it's the scariest one is but the very the first one. one. Absolutely. And especially the people who love you most, like your spouse. Right. Those are the very scariest because right? you care more what they think about you. 
Right. I mean, what I'll often tell people when I do for myself is when you have a new idea, the first thing that you can do is write it down. I spent weeks and months writing my idea down on paper, refining it, um, you know, taking a step back, digesting what I wrote and saying like, oh, that's no, that's not right. What is this thing? What does it mean? What do I want it to be? And I just kept iterating. And then at one point I said, you know, wait, I got to get it off of paper and I got to start telling other people. Paralysis by analysis, baby. (laughs) And I just started talking about it. And as I started talking about it, it started to become more real. And um, it's, you know, again, back to this book, what do you do with an idea? Once it's sort of out there in the universe, um, it, it does, it becomes more real. It starts to take on a life of its own. Well, and you know, you are one of the most talented and just plain old smart oh, <laughs> and, um, you know, brilliant women I've ever met. You have an MBA, you worked, you worked in the corporate world. I mean, you used to be the consultant that companies like your company would bring in to help you figure out how to start a business. And it's so easy when you're on the outside and you're not as emotionally connected to be like, oh, this is obviously what you should do. You know, now here you are on the other side of the table. How does that feel? Oh my gosh, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. And in fact, taking a step back, the reason that I started the business um, to train entrepreneurs how to build a brand is because I had spent my career um, consulting to big Fortune 500 companies, uh, doing uh, product innovation, brand strategy, how do they build their brands, how do they launch new products. Um, And along the way, I had this idea for Yoey Baby, and I knew because of the career that I was in, that the first place I needed to start was what is the brand? What is the brand that I'm building? Um, And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I have all the skills and capabilities to build an amazing, compelling, irresistibly (laughs) powerful brand. And I turned the tables on myself and all of a sudden I became stupid. I literally, you couldn't, like, I didn't know what to do. It was like, I, I completely <laughs> forgot that I'd had this career helping other people. And I was talking to a, a colleague of mine and we were doing other big consulting projects together. And she was actually trying to launch a, a separate side business as well. And I shared this with her and I felt really ashamed. And she's like, oh my gosh, me too. It's so hard to do it for yourself because we have no objectivity. Um, we can't, it's so hard to step away way and there's so much invested um so it was the hardest thing i'd ever done and and that was when we both said you know there's an opportunity here to help individuals and entrepreneurs you know figure out how do we do this process and the person who needs it most right now quite selfishly is me so um (laughs) that's what we did and then i followed that process and was able to build my brand but it's very hard to do those things for yourself so let's go to the aha moment and the actual idea So um, about three months after the birth of my first child, I woke up out of survival state, um, that that state of like, okay, I now have had more than a few minutes of sleep. I, I haven't killed her yet. <laughs> I've learned how to feed her, change her diaper. Um, and I had a little bit of, um, you know, I was sort of aware of the world around me. And I thought, now what? 
Now what am I supposed to do with you? And one of my first jobs out of graduate school was helping to um, exp- to roll out a national chain of early childhood development centers called Creme de la Creme. This is well before kids. Um, I didn't really have a particular interest in early childhood development, but I was really interested in startups and new businesses and marketing. Um, so what I took away from that experience was that the critical windows for cognitive development were zero to three. So now fast forward, um, my little one is three months old and I'm thinking to myself, oh crap, I know I'm supposed to be doing something with her. Um, It's really important for her development, but I didn't know what to do. And even having had that experience working, uh, you know, to roll out these early childhood development centers, I still didn't know what to do. And I had this basket full of toys that were completely useless to me because um, you quickly find as a new parent that There are no toys designed for interactive play with a baby who can't sit up or grasp or move around. None. So I'm hearing you loud and clear, and I think anybody who's had a kid is. When I had a kid, I went to the big toy store in town, Grand Rabbits, and I said, what should her first toy be? And they kind of just pointed to one toy, and it wasn't even a good toy. It was like too advanced. She couldn't play with it. There wasn't a real interaction. It was meant for her to play with, but she wasn't at an age to play with it. There was no first sort of toy. Right. I mean, there's there's a rattle that we can shake in their faces. Maybe there's a plush that we shake in their face. Right. 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 Which is boring for us, you know, (laughs) and, you know, it gets a little boring for the kiddo. So, you know, we you know, that lasts for two minutes and and then what? Or maybe there's a plush that they can maybe bat at with their hands or we put them on a play mat, which is great for stimulation. But it's really an individual activity. That's and then there are all these static play things. So I was looking for something that would allow us to interact with each other and play with each other something we can do together and it didn't exist so i started searching for activities online and i came across an activity that said if you caressed your baby with a swatch of velvet or a piece of silk or feather boa it would be good for body awareness and sensory development and i thought ah aha that sounds wonderful i've got a whole closet of boas well the truth was, I actually didn't have a closet of boas. I mean, maybe I had one, but it seemed better days, and that wasn't going anywhere near the baby. Um, and I didn't. I wasn't a crafty mom. I didn't have a swatch of silk or velvet laying around, and so I never did it. And one day, I came across a feather in a drawer. It was an ostrich feather, which if you know what an ostrich feather is like, it happens to be particularly soft and kind of malleable feather. And I was like, oh, I'll try that activity. So I took the feather, and I gently started caressing her face and her belly and her arms and her toes and her eyes started fluttering and she started cooing and it was the first time that I felt like I was giving her pure joy beyond just meeting her basic needs. And I don't know, it just hadn't occurred to me um, three months into it that that was something I should do, which is just caress her with something really soft. I mean, I was loving her, I was hugging her, I was nursing her, but just pure sensory joy hadn't occurred to me. Um, She loved it. It was that little coup, that little smile was the cue that I needed to know that I was on the right track. And oh, by the way, I was doing something good for her development. So it was a win, win, win. Oh, and we got lost in that activity for like 45 minutes because it was so joyful for both of us. Um, so that became our special activity. And now suddenly she's six months old. Now she's taking the feather and she's putting it in her mouth. And I think, oh, oh no, I'm going to kill her with this feather <laughs> that's been this you know magical thing for us. And that's where the aha moment happened. 
I thought, wait a minute, what if you could make a baby safe feather out of those irresistibly touchable fabrics like the silks and the velvets and the velours? And then we could play with this with this feather forever. I wouldn't have to worry about it. And that's what that's where the convergence came for this new idea. It was Having had this experience rolling out creme de creme and knowing that early, you know, the, the the early experiences were really important. It was the experience of having spent a career doing product innovation and building brands and knowing that, you know, everything starts with an idea and a concept and you can bring those to life. And then converging with my unmet need as a new mom. Um, and uh, that's where it happened. And I took a step back and I said, all right, well, what if? What if I tried to find somebody who could help me figure out how to make this kind of feather that I'm dreaming of? Um, and like I said, I spent a lot of time sort of putting it down on paper, writing down the idea, saying like, well, what would it really be like? Um, you know, wh what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it do? And then I started telling people about it. And I will tell you that I got a lot of like raised eyebrows, like, what? What do you, uh, a like, what is that? Like, you're going to use a feather duster on your baby? Why oh, are you dusting your I baby? I forgot about feather dusters. And it was, um, <laughs> people thought it was really strange. Um, and then it took me a long time to find somebody um, to, to actually design. I didn't know how to find a toy designer. Um, so I just did a lot of searching, and eventually I found someone. And then I had to figure out, you know, how to find someone to actually build this toy and find a prototyper. And again, it was just a constant sort of iterative journey of, um, what if and how to and I'm going to yes. take those baby steps and you popped out another baby to practice on that's <laughs> brilliant right. and, and, then, and we're not spring chickens right like you just celebrated a big one the other day I did the, I came to the flame throwing dancer party right the big, the big 5-0 can you I believe it. it I mean and here's the thing like you have created something out of nothing you created something that didn't exist before basically a new category Right. Yeah. So, so what this toy is all about. So, inspired by caressing a baby with a feather, um, you know, it's just to help you visualize it. There's a little plush animal that has rattles and crinkles inside, and a silicone teether um, at Can the base of it. it. You hear this and little then, bit? Shaking. <laughs> there's a handle on the back of the plush toy, and you pick that up, and there's a long feather-like tail connected to the character, and and the tail is the analog for the feather, and you use that to caress. Um, stimulate and tickle baby and it can even be used to calm and soothe the fussy baby to sleep and it's all about bonding and play from day one and so cool. for me you know it was this incredible bonding experience um, and that was the joy that I wanted to share with other new moms and dads and caregivers but a really exciting thing happened as I started to bring this to life. And that was that I started to learn that there was a whole new emerging body of neuroscience that had proven that how we interact and play with our newborns affects how our brains are formed, and I think I mentioned this earlier, lays the foundation for all future learning behavior and health. So. This idea happened to come to life at a time when the professional and academic community is really trying to figure out 
How do we translate the importance of these early interactions to new parents everywhere? And of course, the irony is that the marketplace has done a terrible job innovating new products in the juvenile product space. There are no baby toys that do this. So we've had a really great response um, from you know some of the key stakeholder groups saying, wow, you guys have created this tool that we can use to teach new parents how to play. It is so simple and intuitive and playful. And that's really at the end of the day all we want uh, you know don't the, the science is important you know play with it because it is fun play with it because it is joyful play with it because your baby will love it and that's going to make you feel great but feel good about it because you are doing something really important for the development of your baby's brain i mean who doesn't want that who doesn't want that <laughs> I, mean, I do in fact everyone should want that to be honest like a lot of people listening don't have little babies and aren't pregnant right now but we all know people who are getting pregnant and we will know people who get pregnant until the day we die and now we know that there is a really special thing that we can get for them i've given every single one of my friends who's gotten pregnant i have one in the car at all times so that when someone gets pregnant <laughs> awesome. i can go drop off a yoey baby um i mean it's it's amazing i wish i had it well, thank you. That makes me feel really good. But I, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is tapping into this, you know, white space that you mentioned around this promise of bonding. You know, in some ways, we're so disconnected these days. And, and as much as we all love social media, I fear that it's, you know, it it's it. For some people, maybe we do find bonds virtually, um, but where you look around you, everybody's got their head down and their phone, and you drive down the road, everyone's looking at their phones. You go to a restaurant, I see families that are they're they're eating food, but they're not eating together. They're not communicating with each other, and I really believe guilty. That, at yeah, times. I mean we all do it, right? But um, it is so important to connect to bond and and this toy the sort of um the sequence of events is it starts with this interaction this really joyful interaction that leads to a connection and that connection if it is joyful and nurturing and playful leads to the feeling of bonding and like we were talking about at the very beginning it's those bonds that are so fundamental to who we are as human beings bonds bring us joy bonds mm -hmm. are about friendship yeah bonds are about our family um so we are we are really excited about building something that um like really delivers on this promise of bonding for all of us well and in the end we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves a greater something with a greater purpose right and yes you're starting a business and there is so much involved with that and you have this business has to succeed so the business side has to happen but you've created something that has a purpose greater than just making money yeah. in the world i hope so i hope i mean what gets me out of bed in the morning the fire that burns in my belly is the idea that we can create these one-to-one -one connections between these new human beings and us experienced grown-ups and adults that help us both both the baby and the caregiver thrive develop and grow mm -hmm. together i know
Well, so what, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> <laughs> what doesn't keep me up at night? Um, well, you know, it's a baby toy. And so the thing that keeps me up at night the most is this idea of safety. It has to be safe. It has to be something that um, can do no harm in this world. Um, God forbid anything happened to a child who was with a Yoey baby. So I live with that fear. And as a result, we are, um, we not, we don't just meet, we try to exceed all of the safety requirements. Um, so, so that's the thing that I, I probably worry about the most is just the manufacturing and the integrity of our supply chain, making sure that everything that, um, that goes into this product is baby safe, the way that it's constructed is sound and baby safe. Um, so, so yeah. Well, and I <laughs> also know up. about you and I, I, I mean, that's a world I don't have to live in. Yes, we need to make safe products for people because we make products they wear on their bodies, but it's it's different. You know, early childhood inventions have a, a lot more thought yeah. that needs to go into them. You know, um, I was thinking about this idea of the fact that we are creating things that we think are important and we want to create things that are important in this world and help change lives, right? So I went to an event that you were demoing at the other day at E-Town in Boulder, and um, there were all these companies around, and Yoey Baby was in the mix, and and you guys looked awesome. You have this amazing product range. You've been in the market. But I walk around, and I go over this booth, and this guy has his gadget on his head, and he's showing a video, and it's literally, he had created a device that he wear you wear on your head, and if you're paralyzed, it helps you move your hands, okay? coolest thing ever it's so cool and so i go oh hey so do you have any products in the market and they're like well we just graduated high school so (laughs) we're take we're deferring college while we continue to work on the project and it just blew my mind right there i was like wait a minute you just graduated high school and you're creating something that is helping paralyzed people move what am i doing here i am just creating skirts what is jillian doing here you know and we're like in our 40s 50 you know and yet we're trying to make sense of this and um do you remember what you told me when i mentioned um these boys and what they had done. I don't remember. What did I say? Something along the lines of this. Yes, these boys are going to be brilliant people. They are inventors. They are clearly have some kind of genius going on, and they're going to like literally save people's lives, right? But what we're doing is still important. And you shared with me your mm-hmm. thoughts on our daughters and what they see us do. And I know we talked about it a little oh, right, bit earlier, right. but I want to go back to that because I think this is kind of what this is all about, is putting forth something that matters in this world and knowing that it doesn't just end with us. And even if it's a small thing like, hey, I'm just making some skirts because I wanted to look cute. That was in the beginning, right? But it does matter, the things we do. Maybe the inventions we create will come or go, but the impact we have on other people is going to last forever. Listen, you know, you never know who you're going to touch or inspire um, by doing what you do, by being who you are, by sharing, you know, your story. And the fact of the matter is, I, I, I believe that whether it's a skirt or a toy or a gadget or truly something life-saving that is helping, you know, someone with paralysis, you know, be able to move, um, you are putting this positive um, energy into the world. I mean, think about the alternative, 
right? What if you were doing the exact opposite? What's that putting into the world? So, you know, not all of us are destined to um, help save lives, but we still impact lives with positive energy, um, with good thoughts, good deeds, um, even if it's just inspiring, you know, not just, but but hopefully we inspire our children um, to have hopes and dreams and follow those passions. Um, that's important. You know, listen, it is baby steps and it's one person at a time and that's how we make a difference. Oh, I love it. Write that one down, everyone. Pause. Remember that. Let's repeat it. What was it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, baby steps and it's it's one person at a time is how we make a difference. But yes. you know, our, again, our, our, we we are um, role models for our children, and I think the more that they see us following our passions and believing that um, you know virtually anything is possible, the better chance that they have at doing something important in this it's world, true. even if it's just important for their, themselves. And it's not just our kids; it's everyone around us. The positive energy is contagious. It is. All right, a couple more questions. These will be kind of like quick fire. Um, what is one thing you wish someone had told you 20 years ago? Um, you know, I wish someone had told me more about all this mindset stuff that, you know, the power lies within that really it starts with, you know, that imagine your imagination, asking yourself what it and, you know, taking the baby steps to um, move your ideas forward and that anything is possible. And I'm not sure that people didn't tell me that, but maybe I just wasn't in a position to listen. But for some reason, um, you know, being around all these health coaches who shared that mindset, reading the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, um, which really changed my life, um, that that made a difference. Um, and I, I, I maybe wish that someone had shared more of that early on. You know, I recently listened to a podcast and it was um, a podcast directed to entrepreneurs. And, and the topic was about, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have this pursuit of perfectionism. And when we fail, God, it is devastating. Um, and we just, you know, it, it can really, you know, knock us down because we didn't achieve this certain goal or, we, you know, maybe our sales or revenue isn't where it needed to be or our idea didn't make it in the way we wanted to make it and we beat ourselves up about it. But what if we think about this idea that every moment represents an opportunity to begin again? And it does. And, and in, in that moment of failure, we can stop, take a deep breath, and begin again. And I loved that idea. It takes the and, pressure off. Right. And, and you know, so it's okay. You can start. You can begin again. And then the punchline of, of this podcast was that, and this was actually just an intro to a podcast that really stuck with me, was that maybe the source of our um, resilience is, you know, forgiveness and acceptance of ourselves. And this idea that we can begin again. We don't need to be perfect. Um, but you know, we can fall down, we get back up again, and that's where we get our power. That's that's our magic. Yeah, I'm definitely um, an advocate of not being perfect. I think when you try too hard to be perfect, you just don't, you don't do anything. Yeah, failure's okay. We, we learn a stuck. lot from our failures. We do. Right? All right, so what is one habit you do daily or almost daily that you can't live without? Uh, yoga, <laughs> which you I introduced me to. Know, oh my god! And you know, I feel a little sheepish saying that because I'm not a yogi. I'm not, you know, I don't 
study yoga. I just go do it because it feels so darn good um, physically. It cleanses my mind. Um, it resets me. Um, a day does not go by. If I don't do yoga, I feel this yearning and this craving. And there is so much that I have learned from this physical practice um, that I literally, I take off the mat and I apply in my everyday life. Um, I love it. It's funny. I was not a yoga person at all until maybe six months ago because I felt like yoga was just stretching and I didn't have time for that in my life because if I did yoga and just stretched for an hour, I'd have to go do another workout and I didn't have time for two workouts because time is the thing, you know, that we really lack. And uh, when I went with you to Core Power and then I did my first yoga sculpt, which you were like, that's not really yoga, but it's kind of yoga because you're still doing yoga in yoga sculpt. That's a good entry point for people like me who can't get their head around it. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. And I am also hitting a point where it's important to me. Yeah. So thank you. All right. What's one word that sums up how you feel right now in life? Inspired. Despite the fact that um, I am so challenged, and we didn't talk about all the challenges that I face every day in the business, and they are uh, massive, um, I still feel inspired. Um, And this conversation is inspired. Being around you is inspiring. And I have to say, um, I I feel like the moment I met you, that you have a really special energy about you that um, I think translates through this podcast. It translates anytime you meet someone. um, And it's that energy is contagious and inspiring. And it makes me want to work harder and try harder and be like you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I'll have you on the show more often. You know, Jillian, I'll never forget when I first met you because we're going a little long here, but this is important. It's hard to make friends when you're older, right? I mean, I have a big community I've created, but I don't call all my like skirt sports family and, and ambassadors for dinner, you know? I mean, these are hard relationships. And we met because our girls were in preschool together, yeah. Gabby and Wilder. Yeah. Gabby's your second girl. Yeah. And um, I remember I was like, can I, can Wilder come over for a play date? And in my head, I was like, I'm going to drop her off and then I'm going to go for a two hour run, hike, <laughs> and just leave. And like, who, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking that I was going to stumble into two of the best friends we were going to have in our life going mm-hmm. forward. And I remember when I walked in there and we just started talking and Mike served me up a big mug of what's that coffee you guys the love? The chronic. Yeah. What? It's yeah, so the funny. The chronic, the best coffee Man, you'll ever have. It is so good. He orders it online. I don't, we're, we're not getting paid by that coffee yeah. company, so we won't talk about them too much. <laughs> but you know, we stood there and we just realized like we have this entrepreneurial passion and Mike's just such a smart guy and your family was so so awesome and I just realized like wow this is cool so thank you for well thank you but I think there's there's actually something important there which is you know you bring a certain energy um, you have an energy that stems from your passion from your purpose um, I think it also helps that you're an extrovert and you are curious um, about people in the world around you and um, that's really fun to be around and um, it's contagious well I think then our point here is when we find people that have energies that jive with ours hang out with them you know get rid of don't water the negative thoughts and the negative influences and the negative energies water the positive energy yeah i love it all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap it 
Awesome. So I'm going to go into the final question I ask every guest who comes on the show, which is if you could give our listeners one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? Well, I'm going to recap all the things we've already talked about, which is you can do it. You really have the power inside to do anything. It starts by just thinking it. Then you just have to take that baby step and start doing it. And once you start doing it, you become it. I really believe for anybody out there who has an idea that is sort of floating around in their brain that they're toying with, um, what do you do with an idea? You, You let it out you nurture it, you take care of it, you give it a home, um, a home without a roof so it can stare at the stars, and you change the world. Perfectly said. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's go to yoga. Right. (laughs) What an amazing episode. Uh, Jillian is the perfect mix of wise, real, and fun. And that makes her one of the coolest people to hang out with ever, in my opinion. It's also why she will be successful no matter what happens in her life. She has a perspective that grounds her, and I think it's something we could all aspire to. Just take a few of her nuggets and stash them away for the times that you need them most to to regain that perspective. One of her favorites is this. You have everything inside of you right now to get exactly what you need in life. It's all in the power of your mindset. So think it, do it, be it, and finally become it. I love that. We just need to define what it is, right everyone? That's why you're going to join the Real Women Move Challenge Group. Define what it is. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to go over to yoeebaby.com, Y-O-E-E baby.com. By the way, her first daughter's name is Yoey, in case we didn't cover that, but I think we did. Um, And stock up on the most innovative and awesome baby toys so you can be the coolest shower gifter ever. Finally, uh, send me your comments, feedback, suggestions for future guests, anything else you want to share with me. You can find me, you can email me directly, nicole.deboom at skirtsports.com or just message me on Facebook. I am here for you and I want to keep creating awesome podcast episodes that are meaningful and, uh, and that have an impact on you. All right, then you know what time it is now. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout and we'll see you next week.